don't buy the idea that, you know, the society the way it is right now, it has to be this way. Welcome to Rewrite the Rules with your host, Alex Starr. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. It's time to live life on your own terms. What do you really want? Hello, beautiful people. Thank you so much for tuning in to Rewrite the Rules. I am, of course, Alex Starr, and I am so excited, and I am very proud of this episode, um, to be honest. This is with JT McCormick. He's a CEO of a local company called Book in a Box here in Austin, um, and he is the author of the book titled, I Got There, How I Overcame Racism, Poverty, and Abuse to Achieve the American Dream. Um, so check out his story in this podcast all about motivation, inspiration, overcoming obstacles put in front of us, um, and really just you know going with the daily grind and the daily struggle to overcome um, to get where you want to go. It's an absolutely incredible story, and he is one of those guys who just being around him and just hearing him speak on things like this on a podcast, um, just so grateful and so blessed that he's willing to talk and, and share his story uh, so that the rest of us can can learn, adapt, and grow from it. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. I got some great ones coming out in the next few weeks, so make sure and tune in. Um, without further ado, uh, please welcome JT McCormick to the podcast. JT, we're back. <laughs> Round two. So, was it six twenty in the morning? Yes, sir. This this is the second earliest one I've done, or ties for the earliest <laughs> one, because this is the second one we've done. Yes, sir. So we got to make this one as good as the first. Uh, this one will be better. The first one, yeah, the first one was good, but yeah, we can always uh, we can always, you can always make it better. improve. Always, you can, improve. you can always improve. It's true. Every day. Every, Every day, day, yeah. Sometimes I wonder if you ever hit like a threshold of where the improvement where you're like, yeah, no, like this is it. Like what if you lived a million years? You think that there would always be, I guess you incremental, just a little bit improvement. Yeah. Every, every single every, day. It's what, what, what have I, I've heard the term, um, uh, lifelong learner. Yeah. So there, there's always something to, to learn. There's always a way to improve and enhance. I, I will say this. I'm not a fan of improvement for the sake of improvement you've got a lot of companies who will put something together and it's going great and rather than give it some time to prove the greatness that it is they're quickly wanting to improve and enhance and and that's okay but because you know what for for me once you find the better way, what's the better way to the better way? However, you got to let the better way play itself out so you can find the better ways. Okay, I see what you mean. So I guess it becomes a balance between yes. you got to be completely content with what you're doing and like, this is it, I'm here, but look around, look over there. Right, and, and I, I'll, I'll even say this as well, uh, the word content, complacent, I, I don't use those words you know, but those are I, two different words, though, aren't they? Uh, the, to me, they're kind of the same. Really? Because, yeah, because they're both. Um, I feel like it does have a content and complacent. In my opinion, are both stopping points. I'm content with life. 
I never okay. want to be content or, or even satisfied. You know, here's yeah. something I, I, people always say, how was your level of service? Was it satisfactory? I don't ever want to be, I want to be, I want people to be fulfilled. I want you to be excited. I, satisfactory. That, that's, that's horrible. Huh? Okay. Yeah. It is a strange thing of like, do you ever, do you ever wonder that like, it's, it's a problem that you can never be satisfied? Cause sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I'm always striving and I'm never satisfied with where I'm at because I'm always like 70% in the future. You know, my, my wife hits me a lot with that when she says that you never take the time to enjoy right. your accomplishments. So I'm with you on that one. And, and I can't say for sure if that's a good or it's a bad thing. Right. If someone else wants to point out the accomplishment, great. Uh, for me, I, I'm always looking uh, for more. I mean, you, you look no further than uh, let's take a Warren Buffett. I mean, the definition of someone who does not have to work anymore, but yet and still the man's 88, 89 years yeah, old, he's a, still hustling, still grinding because he loves what he what he does and he's continuing to improve. He studies every day. He He's out there quote unquote, on the grind. So for me, I want to go out like Warren Buffett. Yeah. What, what, are, what do you think that is that is making, it seems every, society, people, it's like instilled in us of improvement all the time. Constant improvement, constant progress. What is it? I wouldn't, for me, Alex, I'm going to push back here, and this isn't to, to be disrespectful. I feel that as a society on a whole, I disagree. I, I feel like as, as a society... Not all of us, many of us have lost what is work ethic. Where's the where's the hustle? Where's the grind? I mean, back in you know the 30s and 40s, our grandparents, great grandparents, they they viewed McDonald's as an opportunity, as a way to improve, as a way to better themselves, as a way in in the door. Um, as a society now, I, I don't feel that we we have that we share that same work ethic and that same desire to constantly improve. We have some, uh, and and I believe really in the startup world and in the 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 tech world, you hear about it a little bit more. But society as a whole, I I feel like we we've lost our our work ethic. See, I think that's more of, I think that's an individual level. I think society as a whole is advancing, but I think on individual basis is where that is that where that's happening. Correct. Society as a whole, we, we, we are advancing like it or not. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely advancing there. there There's some people who want to get on board and there's some people who are, uh, complaining, uh, uh, about the advancements. So it's, is what it is. Complaining is a huge thing. How do you, because I've noticed, I mean, everyone, you get these excuses in your head, right? Do you ever make excuses? Hell no. You never had excuses. Okay. Hell no. Hell no. Zero excuses. Alex, you know me, you know my background, where where I come from. One could argue that I've got every excuse in the world on why I should not have achieved what what I've done, but I, I don't. I don't see excuses. Everything to me is an opportunity or a challenge or just a roadblock hurdle speed bump for, for me to get through to where you want to go. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's good to hear because man, they can really, they excuses just, they are like these little weasels in your head, you know, that just kind of creep in. And this last few weeks I've been really thinking about excuses that I come up with for like, Oh, go to the gym. Well, I only got six hours of sleep last night, not seven. Or, but if it wasn't that, 
it'd be something else. Right. It'd be, ah, oh, I didn't, I got a big day ahead of me. Why don't I take an extra hour and rest, you know? Yeah, and yeah. it was nonstop. And so now just yesterday I started saying, fuck you in my head. Anytime that an excuse came up or some reason, it's right. like, I, I kind of want to go get some ice cream. I had a long day and it's like, fuck you. Yeah. You don't need ice cream. Yeah. Like the little voice, you know? So, um, can you touch on people? I know your story yeah. and I know you've probably done this a thousand times, but can you give a brief synopsis of your background? So people that are just tuning in and going, who's this guy <laughs> so, in, a pink, in a pink shirt to tell me. That's, that's right. <laughs> uh, brief <laughs> synopsis. How, how do I start that? Yeah. I, well, well, first I got to touch on what you just said. I can't let that one go. Oh, awesome. Because you, you're absolutely right. I, I have so many people ask me all the time, JT, how do you get up at 3.45 a.m. Or, or 4 a.m., you know, five days a week, and, and, and immediately it's followed by, JT, I'm not a morning person. Well, you're right. You just said you're not a morning person, so you're not going to be a morning person. That's an excuse. Why? I do it. Anybody can do it. Anyone can get up at 3.45. It's, it's a choice. So when, when you say that, I, I look at it this way, and, and let's be honest, I'm human. There are days where, man, I want to hit the snooze button. There's days I want the extra hour of sleep. Yeah. However, when those limiting thoughts hit my mind, I take the time to consider there's someone in a hospital bed right now with cancer who's never going to leave that hospital there are children and families uh, of those children who are, let's say, at the Ronald McDonald House praying that their child gets better. And those children may never leave that hospital. They may pass away there. And so when those thoughts hit my mind that, that I may want to go back to sleep, that's what I think about. And it gets my ass out of bed really fast because if all I got to do is go hustle and make the most of the day, oh man, life's easy. Right. The treadmill looks pretty easy when you think about it. Treadmill looks easy, that. man. Tread, and, and I use it on the treadmill, the Stairmaster, especially on the Stairmaster because damn. <laughs> uh, so, so You're yeah, working when, on those glutes? <laughs> man, when, when I, when I want to get off the Stairmaster and I, and I look at it and I say to myself, okay, I only have two more minutes. To your point now, I start to dig into my past and I say, okay, I was in juvenile three different times. I can do two more minutes on the, on the Stairmaster. I was sexually abused numerous times. I can do two more minutes on this, the Stairmaster. I was homeless at, at the age of 13. I can do two more minutes on, on the Stairmaster. So when, when I look at what I've gone through, overcome, it, for me, everything's achievable. So how do people take on that mindset when they haven't had those types of hardships? How can you build up that resiliency? You know, I, I say this to salespeople that, that I've advised, work with, coached, mentor, whatever the case may be. And I always say this, if you don't have a story, use someone else's. So you may not come from where JT comes from, but you can definitely look at JT and if JT can come from where he came from and get out of bed at 4 a.m., then damn it, you can do it too. And, and so I'll give you a great example. I'll use my children. So I've got three children and one of my greatest fears in life, fears, challenge, whatever the, the case may be, is how are they going to understand the work ethic and the hustle that mm. I have when they're not growing up the way I did? Yeah. But 
it's up to me to instill those values, teach them work ethic, teach them the, the hustle, and the, because they're never going to come from where I come from. They're, they're not going to know that. So they're going to have to maybe borrow my story and look at, okay, if dad came through this, I can come through this. So, matter of fact, you're going to laugh at this, Alex. Um, my, my wife, this just happened yesterday. So I'm watching my daughter at gymnastics, and she's three. And I'm watching her, and I'm feeling like, okay, she's not really putting in the work. You know, she's, she's got to go harder. <laughs> she's, she's three. <laughs> and, and so I tell my wife, I go, you know what? And my son's two. I go, I don't want my kids growing up soft. I go, we're going to have to go in the back and, and run sprints in the backyard. They're going to have to understand what going hard means. And she looks at me and she goes, they're two and three. I go, it starts now. It starts now. You, you, can, sp- you can sprint crawl. It, the hustle starts early. <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it, in my opinion, just like manners. I teach her to have manners now. So why can't I start teaching her to go hard now? Yeah. I mean, it, I, mean I, th- I think actually... It has to start early. Yes. I think it has to. I think it's way easier to keep up than to catch up. Yes. With everything, and especially with hustle, with the mentality, yep. I guess. Yeah. If, if work ethic is instilled in you now, and it's what you know and what is expected of you, then it's easier to keep going than, like you said, to catch up and try to learn that at 8, 9, 10, your teenage years, or even in your 20s. So for me, I'm like, okay, how do I start teaching my kids now? Hey, go hard means this. Because right now, if I say, okay, Ava, you're not going hard enough. She doesn't know what that means. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and also, I think, and most people listening, I'm sure, if if they don't have a life... Most people don't have a life like yours, but if they don't have a ton of hardships or something like that to really, really compare things to, I think you're right. Most people have a family member or somebody. Right. That's on something. You know, like my life has been pretty, I have, you know, I come from a, like my family's still together, thank God. Like, you know, everyone has their issues, but overall, like a great childhood and stuff. But, you know, my grandma came here from Cuba when she was 18 and, had to hop all over the place and got involved in some bad stuff and was an alcoholic and like all these crazy things. Right. And it helps me a lot. It's funny you say that because it helps me a lot when I'm same thing, when it's like, I don't really want to go do this, you know? And I think, wait, this, my grandma didn't fucking come over here when she was, I think like 16, actually 16 or 17 and do all that struggle and all that strife to have my mom that eventually had me so that I could sit here and bitch about having to get up at five 30. Exactly. That's just, that's just not acceptable. It's not acceptable. man. and, and so I was at Georgetown university about a month ago and I'm speaking to a group of uh, upcoming MBA graduates and I'm, they did books with us, and, and so I'm speaking with them, which was actually pretty pretty cool. Here are MBA students at Georgetown University, and I barely got a high school diploma. Yeah, and so the, yeah. the irony in that, that I'm speaking to them. So this, this kid comes up to me afterwards, and he thanks me, and he's got his mom with him. And I said, look, let me explain something to you. You have a phenomenal opportunity ahead of you. You've got the piece of paper now. In many ways, the piece of paper is a, is a ticket to the party. You don't need it anymore, but it, it's very beneficial, especially when it says Georgetown. I mm. said, now here's the deal. 
I go, I'm going to ask you a personal question. I go, scholarship or did your parents pay for it? He and his mom's standing there and she speaks up. She goes, oh, I paid for it. <laughs> and I said, okay, so here's the, the benefit now. You're leaving with no student debt, yeah. no, no student loans, and you've got this piece of paper. Your hustle has to be even greater because now you have, you're equipped with all the opportunity in the world. So your mindset is, I got to go and outwork everyone. And it's just a mindset. It's a choice. I have the choice to get up at 345 in the morning, or I have the choice to lay there. I have the choice to hustle harder than everyone else, or I have the choice to binge watch Netflix on, on the weekend. Everybody ha has a choice. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get personal here for a second. This is going to frustrate or piss off a lot of people. Excellent. What, <laughs> what really frustrates me is when I hear guys say something along the lines of, and this is more, I, I've heard this more in the hood, in, in, when I hear a guy say, oh, I take care of my kids, you're supposed to. <laughs> that's, that's not, <laughs> no, there's nothing to brag about there. You're supposed to take care of your children. And, and, but what's crazy about it, it really is a choice. You have the choice to take care of your kids or you have the choice to walk away. And so I don't believe you should brag about it, but that's really why I'm going there is because that's how far down choice goes. You have a child Technically, you have a responsibility mm. to raise this child and still values in, in this child. But technically, on the other side, you have a choice to walk away. Yeah. Life's, life's full of choices, man. Yeah, and figuring out which ones are the correct ones. <laughs> you know, it, it's, you, you have to have a conversation with yourself and ask yourself, what, what are the choices? What are you after? What do you want to accomplish? Is it I, I'm passionate about travel? Is it I'm passionate about making money, scaling companies, uh, want to be a teacher? What, whatever the case may be, what, what's the choice that you're, you're looking to make? You know, mm -hmm. I had the choice to make excuses and say, oh, you know, my father was a, a, a pimp. Uh, my mother was raised in an orphanage. Oh, I don't even know where my last name comes from. I had a choice to use all of those as excuses. Or I had the choice to say, okay, if somebody else has accomplished this, then damn it, I can do it too. Now, either I was just that dumb to believe that, or it, it turned out to be true. Well, it turned out to be true. So I, I saw other people do it. So I said, why can't I? Yeah, what, what is, how did you, I'm curious about that. How did you not let yourself get dragged down into the black abyss of excuses? Because if everyone else is having excuses or if I have excuses in my head, then how did you keep your, I mean, how did you just stay focused on, on the future, on where you wanted to go? Well, what did you do? I mean, can you, it's hard to pinpoint probably. But. Yeah, it's, it's not, you know, I, I've been asked this question, JT, what, what, what's, the, what's the one thing? JT, yeah, I don't mean me that. Me. I just mean like you growing up and you saw it all around you. Did you, I mean, like, was it God? Was it your family? Was it like just, well, yeah, you know what I mean? So I do, I do boil my life down to four areas that, that I focus on. God, family, business, investments. So every morning I wake up and I study for about an hour and a half leadership and business. And, and I do that five days a week and I couple that with, with investments. I would love to be a great golfer, but it takes about four and a half, five hours to play a round of golf. 
And that's time that takes away from either my family or studying my craft. So you have to decide again, choice. What is it that you want to do? Mm. But back to, back to your question, it was a combination of things. I took all of the pieces around me and I, and I watched, okay. My dad was a pimp and a hustler. He was a, he was a drug dealer. There were valuable lessons that came with that. Some people may sit back and, and say to themselves, what lesson did you get from watching your father be a, be a pimp? Eh, well, there, there's the lesson of influence because you got to be a hell of an influencer to put multiple women on a corner, tell them to go have sex with men and bring their money back to you. That is the, the like ultimate influence. I mean, because I've always wondered to myself, why would someone do that? Why, why would you go do the work and take all the money back to an individual and you don't get to keep any of it. You talk about influence. So I, I look at all the lessons that, that came from, from my upbringing. One of, one of the harshest stories, but one of the most valuable lessons for me, and I'll share with you here quick, real quick. So one of the few weekends my father picked me up we're at the grocery store and I have no clue why we're there, but I remember we're walking down the frozen food aisle mm -hmm. and this little girl walks by and says, hi, Javon. My, my, my real name is, is Javon. And I look down and I don't say anything. And out of nowhere, I feel this massive blow to the back of my head and I fall down. My face hits the floor. My nose uh, busts open and I'm bleeding. My father yanks me up by my shirt and he takes his forearm and he's got it under my neck and I'm pinned up against the damn frozen food door. And he looks at me and he says, you say hello to everyone. I don't care who it is. You say hello to everyone. As harsh as that lesson is, there's not a person that crosses my path that I don't say hello to. And, and, and it's going to sound pretty um, <laughs> jacked up to hear me say this, but I'm actually thankful for that lesson. It, it, it stuck with me. And I say hello to everyone, everyone. And so it, it, it was a valuable lesson for me. So again, tying it back to what you asked me. I look at all the lessons that I, I came across in life and I've pulled them all together. One of the most valuable uh, time periods in my life is when I lived in Houston at the age of 10 and, and my father took me on a drive through River, River Oaks. River Oaks in Houston is one of the most exclusive communities in the country. Mm. And I remember seeing houses that were 10, 15, 25 million dollars. And these houses were bigger than some of the... Um, public housing projects that, that I grew up in. And these were individual homes and it really inspired me and it showed me something else. Whereas so many kids that grow up in the hood, even in Houston, there's kids who grow up in the hood in Houston that have never seen River Oaks and right. they're in the same city. Right. So it gave me the opportunity to see something else. And, and that's where I'm so passionate now about providing those opportunities for those kids to be able to see what's what's an office look like what's fiesta texas six flags look like what's it like to see someone who's actually come from where they come from that's not an athlete rapper or or, or drug dealer who's achieved success because if you don't know you don't know yeah and i mean and i think it's it's crazy that it's important for people to see that even that this world exists, because I would imagine you get in that world 
any world you get in becomes your world. Yes. Right? Does that make sense? Like every, you know, whether you're in the skateboarding world or you're in the surfer world or you're in the business world, that becomes your culture and you kind of take on part of that. And so I'm at, if you're in the inner city and that's what you see day in and day out, and like you said, you don't even know that, A, that it exists, but number two, that someone that came from there is actually living in that literally... Literally, it's a different world. Right. I mean, it's, it might as well be like when you hear physics, you know, talks about different realities and different universes. And it's like, yeah, right fucking here. Right, like, right. <laughs> like, exactly. That's no, a different world. It, it's a totally different world. I, I smile each morning. And, and, and again, you know, for, for anyone who, who is, is listening, this is not a, a brag because I come from nothing. I know what it's like to go to bed hungry. I know what it's like to have the lights turned off. I know what it's like to be left with my half brothers and sisters for three weeks because their mother was a heroin addict and she'd left us all. I come from nothing. And I know that and, and I, I'm okay with it. But when you say it's a different world, I now live in a gated community. When I wake up each morning, there's a pond in my backyard. There's deer that run through there. There's swans, cranes, ducks. And, and I look every day and I'm like, wow, I, I don't come from this world. This, who, who would have ever thought? And then I say to myself, I did. I thought that I could get here. I knew that I could get here. I just had to put in the work. How important is knowing? So there's three things you will never hear me say, Alex. Luck, wish, and hope. I don't use those words. I use belief. If you believe that you can get there, then you can get there. And the reason why I don't use luck, I'll give you a, a very good example of this. Somebody goes off and they win the $500 million Powerball. Mm -hmm. You'll hear someone say, oh, they're so lucky. No, they weren't. They bought a ticket. There's no luck involved. They bought a ticket. There's no luck. Uh, wish. When I would come home from school, I couldn't say, oh, I wish there was something to eat and something magically appeared. No, my ass was going to bed hungry because there was no food. You know, I, I would sit there and oh, I hope there's something to eat tonight that never produced mm. anything. So luck, wish, hope, words that I don't use. I use belief. I use ins inspiration, inspire, but I don't use luck, wish, and hope. Because hope doesn't produce anything. A lot of people sit back and hope. Hope doesn't do anything. Put belief behind it. When you put belief with action, you can actually achieve something. That's powerful stuff. Do you... And it's amazing how much, like, what we, when we say it, we don't even realize that we're saying it, that we're incorporating it into our yes. psyche. You know? Like, oh, yeah, I hope I can... You, what do you think about that promotion? Oh, I'm really hoping I can get it. Really yeah. hoping I can get it. And I mean, that it's a valid statement, but I mean, now that you say the belief part of it, it does imply a sense of, you know, that it's out of your control. Right. Um, or that it's just very wishy-washy, I guess. It's very, very wishy-washy. And it's, in my opinion, it, there's, it's not action-based. It's not action-based. Yeah. If I, if I believe it. it, then if you believe it, then you need to go get it. But if I hope and I wish... I don't really have to do anything to that. You know, when you wish upon a star, well, you expect the star to uh, produce something? You know, no. no. It's, uh, I believe, believe is what I do. What are your, I'm, what are your nighttime bed stories to your kid? <laughs> 
you know, the, the, I, I even tell you this, since you brought this up. So each night uh, we sit in a circle, either in my son's bedroom or my, my daughter's bedroom, and we say our prayers. And my daughter leads the prayer. She goes, thank you, God. Uh, thank you for my family. Thank you for today. Amen. And after she says amen, she goes, thank you for the hustle. <laughs> no shit, she does? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the hustle that we, we like, <laughs> like she will quote you and tell you the hustle is real. So that's what I, I've taught her. Every day when I drop her off at school, when I get a chance to drop her off at school, I don't always get to. But uh, when she wakes up, when she goes to bed throughout the day, I go, what are your three things? She goes, I'm smart, I'm great, and I'm a leader. I start that shit now, man, because I want her to believe it. And so the 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 pieces that I believe, the pieces that I feed to her now will instill the values, the confidence, the drive, the work ethic in the future. And so, yes, she, she knows the, the hustle is real. That's badass. I love that. Well, and man, if you, if she's three years old and she's waking up every morning and going, I'm smart, I'm great. I'm a leader. All right. Yeah. Today, you know, but in a year she's now said that 365 times. Right. And by the time she's 15, she's said that, what was that 4,000 times to herself Yep, that she's smart, great, and a leader, you know? So that's, and then all of a sudden you're smart and you're great and you're a leader. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and, and then, and guess what? You've said it so many times you believe it. You believe it. It's not a wish. It's not a hope. You believe it. And so you, you now have an action mindset of I'm smart, I'm great, I'm, I'm a leader. Then I've got to go out and be smart, great, and a leader. Do you use any of those? Because those, I mean, those are basically positive affirmations. Do you use those still in your life? Do you? I, I do. It's again. I'm a CEO. I'm a CEO. I'm a CEO. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will use. I'll, I'll tell you this. And again, this this is a little offensive for some people. I tell myself every day, no one, no one will ever outwork me, ever. No one will ever outwork me. You go 24, I'm going 25. You go 36, I'm going 37. And, and so, but, but listen to what I'm saying. There are people who work harder than me. The gentlemen, the, the individuals that I see building houses mm. that they get there at 630 in the morning when the sun's coming up and they don't leave until 730 at night when the sun's going down. They all work harder than me. No one will ever outwork me. And what I mean by that is my work ethic is results driven. What results am I looking to drive? Is it financial? Is it scaling the company? Is it becoming better at my craft? So when I, when I say no one will ever outwork me, those are the terms that, that I, I mean it in. I don't mean it disrespectful to where, you know, you take the individuals that may be cleaning hotel rooms. They work harder than me mm -hmm. to have to go on a whole floor of 75 rooms and, and make beds and clean toilets and wash showers and fold. And, and they work harder than me. No one will ever outwork me. Yeah. Especially nowadays, it's really tough to discern the different types of work. Yeah. Right. Right. Because one person's working in you had a computer. Yeah. Right. And then the other person's working and it's like kind of more old school work, I exactly. guess you could say, like exactly. manual labor. But, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, when, before when, when I was at the software company, you know, those guys work hard, you know, writing code. 
it's no joke. Yeah. You know, to, to, to sit there and code for hours and hours and look at that screen, uh, you know, uh, th- those, those individuals work like no other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you gotta, you know, Cheetos helps you really, you know, push through <laughs> <laughs> so many snacks. Yeah. Um, how do you keep track of all of this shit going on in your life? All these different goals and you run a company, you run a family, um, you, I mean, you just have all these different aspects of your life and I'm, I've, I'm always been a massive like journaler, goal setter, all that stuff. But how do you manage it? Kind of like keep track of, of everything that you're doing. And, and I remember, I remember you texting me saying, well, how are you, how are you tracking this goal, Alex? Right. So how do you do it? So, you know, a, a, a goal without action doesn't mean shit. It's just a dream. Just a, you can write a whole, it's just a wish. Yeah, you you yeah. can write a whole lot of things down. Now, for most people or a great majority, when you write something down, it becomes a little more reality. When you, when you, you can say a whole lot of things, but when you write something down to yourself and you say it out loud, it comes a little, a little, it, it, it hits home a little more. So for me to go back to your question, man, I'm, I'm simultaneously scaling a company and scaling a family, both, both at the same time. Yeah. So you, you, you heard me say this earlier, I, I bring my life down to four areas because you put more into that. It, it, it's too much. You're allowing too many different influences in. And, and I'm going to give you a great example of this. So obviously, financially, I'm, I'm, I'm well off. I'm, I'm, I've got no financial needs. I got financial wants, but I have no financial needs. So I am so, I, I'm so adamant and I'm so methodical in wanting to achieve my goals and making sure that I, I do achieve them. I disconnected ESPN from, from our direct TV uh, uh, subscription at, at home because what I found is, okay, I can watch a football game. I can watch a baseball game. I can find out who just signed the biggest contract, but what's that doing for me? Doesn't It's not taking me anywhere it's not not helping me achieve my goals so what the hell do I care that that uh James Harden just signed a, a four-year 178 million dollar contract I, I did see that I was gonna say yeah so you are still paying you know where, attention you know where I saw it it was on CN, CNBC oh really because that contract is so big it was it made business news I don't know how he got that much money I it's, mean he's good but he is not that good it's insane but yeah. but my whole point yeah. is I eliminate the pieces out of my life that don't help me achieve my goals. So I focus on my family. I focus on the business. I focus on leadership. Um, that, that's how it, it becomes a hell of a lot easier to track your goals, your progress, when you've only got four things that you're tracking. Right. But, I mean, don't, doesn't the business, I guess I get confused. I'm just speaking kind of from personal experience to, like, your advice, basically. I get confused at like, okay, business. Don't you have a million fucking things for business of like goal? I mean, doesn't it, 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 there's only four things, but aren't all four of those things have a lot of different subsections that. So, so, okay, let, let, let's go through them real, real fast. So, so God, am, am I being the best person I can be? So I'm not a, a quote unquote religious person because I, I gotta be honest with you. I find it extremely arrogant for someone to say which one is right. Oh, Methodist is over Lutheran. Being Jewish is better than Catholic. 
I don't know. I, I, who, who knows? The Jews may be right. I, I don't know. They may have got it right. So, you know, I, I, but, but I'm going to leave that up to God, not my place. So I'm, I, I tell people all the time, I'm a God guy. So I live my life to the best of my uh, ability. And, and am I being a great uh, follower, servant of God? Am I serving my family the best way I can? Am I spending enough time? Am I interacting? Am I instilling values, teaching manners, playing, spending time with my mm. wife, being a great husband? So there, that's how I track that. You bring it over to business. What am I looking to accomplish? Mm. Okay, business. I'm a big fan of studying. I've learned far more from people's mistakes than I ever had from their successes. Success is easy. You just R&D it. Rip off and duplicate. The failures or missteps of someone is where I learned. So I'll give you a great example of this. What the hell took McDonald's so long to, stop, to start serving breakfast all day? That was a huge misstep. So I like to study companies and find out what they did wrong, why they did it wrong. Um, why did John Mackey, the CEO of Whole Foods, why did he not keep up with the marketplace and how did he let uh, Costco and some of these other big uh, retailers get in front of him and, and to the point where he really didn't have a choice then but to let Amazon come in and, and buy them. So how, how do these mistakes happen? What, what went wrong? What leadership mistakes were made wrong? What board of decisions? So I look at mm. all of these factors in business and I want to study what did they do wrong so I can come over within our company and ensure that we're positioned that we don't make some of those same mistakes. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, when I look at someone's success uh, model and recipe, Amazon, well, you rip off and duplicate that. That that's the actually the easy part, you know. Now I say easy, you still have to go execute on that yeah, shit. But yeah. um, so that's that's how I look at it. And then investments, everything you've got to start with one step. If you tell yourself, okay, you know what, next year I want to run in the Boston Marathon. How do you you don't just show up and run in the Boston Marathon? You have to train for it. How do you start training? One step. The first step to start training. So I do everything, you know, now I'm, I'm a whole lot more steps into it because obviously I'm in business. Obviously I've, I've done pretty decent in, in investments. So my steps are a lot further into it, but for anyone starting out, you got to start with one step. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and keeping kind of going back a little bit, what you said, keeping that giant goal, I guess, as like the carrot in front of you. And then letting the rest of the little minor steps, I guess, just play out the way they're going to play out, but keeping that main ideal, I guess, of where you want it to go. Totally. Is where, where it's at. Totally. You know, I, I'll, I'll give uh, a, a great example of this. When, when I'm on other podcasts and people ask, I'm, I'm very adamant that I, that I talk about this, Alex. So many people lead and like, oh, JT, tell us the story of how you went from lowest paid person at Headspring to president in three years. And it's, it's interesting because everybody wants to celebrate that. And they talk about, oh, my God, lowest paid person to president in three years. But what bothers me is they don't talk about the sacrifice that it took to get there. 
And what I mean by that is you hear that and, and then people start thinking, man, I want to do that. Mm. I want to go from, from lowest paid to president. Mm. But people don't hear what, what it took to get there. And people don't realize until I say this out loud that in the five years that I was at Headspring, I took 11 days vacation total. That's it. Our society now, there's people who take 11 days vacation in the first quarter of the year. I took 11 days in, in five years. And here's how it broke down. Three of those days were for my wedding. Two of those days were for my firstborn child. One of the days was for uh, my, the birth of my, my second child. And then the rest were sporadic days here and there. Like I, I may have gone to my daughter's first uh, doctor's appointment, little, little days here and there. But 11 days. So there was an immense amount of sacrifice that went into lowest paid to president. No one wants to talk mm. about the hustle and the grind mm. that it took to get there. No one wants to talk about the sacrifice. Mm. Everyone wants to talk about the success. Success does not come without sacrifice. And, and you can look at, n name your person of choice, LeBron James. Everyone sees him on the court, at the game, they, the $30 million contract, the commercials. Everyone sees all that. But no one sees how much time he puts into the gym. No one sees how much time he's away from his family to put in the work. No one talks about that. Everyone talk, just, just sees him on the court and he dropped 32, uh, 11 rebounds, 9 assists. That's, that's what everyone talks about. No one talks about what it takes to, to, to get there. It is a, it's, a, it's a strange phenomenon within society. It's called the iceberg effect. Have you heard of that? No. You know, an iceberg has about 10% of it showing above oh, the surface. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's this great diagram online. If I can get up, I'll, I'll, I'll draw it out here later. But it's like the, the majority of the iceberg is below the surface of the water, right. right? And that's all those, those are all mundane, boring, grind sacrifices Right, getting up and going to the gym for thirty minutes before everything else. Sitting there reading—that doesn't look. I don't want to watch you sit there and read. Right, right. Cool, you know. That's a, and you do that every day, right? LeBron James—he takes a thousand shots after practice is over every day. Takes another thousand shots, thousand shots, thousand shots. Right. That's not that exciting. I don't really right. want to watch that. Right. But that's the sacrifice and that's the hustle that's below the surface. And then all society sees is the very tip of the iceberg. That's it. That's all you see. You see him winning championships or losing <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or you see, you know, you in a nice car and a nice watch. And it's like, oh man, God, he must have something I don't. Right. Right. Because I don't, you don't see the back, the backdrop of everything. Yeah. You just see the tip of the iceberg. And it's funny because you just said something there. He must have something I don't. No, I don't have something you don't. I just do something you don't do. Right. Which is, which is hustle and grind. Because there's no academic credentials here. I mean, I, I barely got through. I, I, I never graduated. I never walked the stage. I had to go to summer school to get my high school diploma. Right. Did, did, you got it from the janitor? And I got it from a janitor. <laughs> you know, I mean, the janitor handed me my high school yeah. diploma. Yeah. So, so there's no, no, you know, no one can sit back and say, oh, well, JT went to XYZ University. He's got his MBA. Mm. I don't have any of that crap. Mm -hmm. You know, but I have an insane work ethic and an insane hustle. And I, I'm willing to grind to do whatever needs to be done to achieve the, the goals. Right. And it's interesting because what you, 
how do I say this correctly? What you didn't have is kind of turning out to what you do have. Like what, what you didn't have at the beginning of your life seems to have really helped you get to what you now do have. Whereas a lot of people have at the beginning, right? And it leads them to kind of not having at the end because they're used to it. They become complacent. They have nothing to grind against. Or almost in your case, you didn't have at the beginning, which made you even more capable of getting it at the end. Totally. Which is a weird... It it, it is. I mean, yes and no, but it also could have been your downfall, right? But it's just a weird concept to think of like how not having those things at the beginning has led to you being able to have them now. Yeah. And a major factor, I would, I would, I mean, it's your life, but just from reading your book and talking to you. No, you, you, you're, you're dead on in, in so many of the pieces that I didn't have, have led to the, the success, you know, tired of riding the bus, you know, my mom and I rode the bus everywhere we walk and, or, or going to the laundromat, putting your clothes in black bags and having to go to the laundromat, man, that sucks. I'm never <laughs> doing that shit again. Um, and, and so yeah, there's so many pieces. You know, I'll give you a a, a, a big one. You, you mentioned the book; it's it's in there. I remember going through the lunch line, and this is this is man. When I first told my wife the, this story, I remember I broke down in tears because it just it it held such a pull on me. I would go through the lunch line, and I already got free lunch because I was a welfare kid, and. So when you get free lunch on welfare, you get the the white milk. Yeah, yeah. Man, I wanted chocolate milk every day. And and so sometimes I would just put the chocolate milk on the damn tray to see if I could get through. And the lunch lady never let me get through. She'd take the chocolate, put a white one on there. And what was crazy is the chocolate milk was only a dime, but it was a dime we didn't have. Mm. And so that stuck with me. You go to my refrigerator right now. There's like three gallons of chocolate milk in there for my kids. They love chocolate milk. And it's the damnedest thing how much they love chocolate milk because I never got chocolate milk. And so those things were very influential on me. And you're right. It comes down to which side are you going to allow the influence to take you? Yeah. Are you going to allow the hood to take you under? Or are you going to do everything you can to rise above? And, and I'll be very fair when I say this. One of the major problems for so many of the kids and people in, in, in the hood is they don't know. If you don't know there's someone out there who's achieved success in business, what, like, I never even knew of the, I call it the fourth option, business. Where I'm from, athlete, rapper, drug dealer. Those were your ways out. And drug dealer usually took you to the graveyard or took you to prison. Athlete, well, you know what? The, 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 the percentages are so low uh, of that happening. And, and even then, look at what happens to some of the athletes. <laughs> they get out, they get the big contract, and then they're broke, and they're back in the hood. And so then, then there's, there's rapper. Well, that that again, the percentages are so low to to get out a, as a rapper as well. No one, no one, told me about the fourth option, which is business. And this is the damnedest thing because the chaos that I grew up in. Oh man, business is easy. Mm. The way to to structure, to scale, to understand the moving pieces of what makes a company work. The, my upbringing has served me well when it comes to business. 
because of the chaos and, and never knowing what was going to happen on a day-to-day basis. And, and every day was just a sur- survival mode. There was no planning when I was growing up. There was survival. Mm. How am I going to get through this day? How am I not going to get the shit beat out of me by one of my dad's girlfriends? Um, it was a constant survival. So now in business, oh, man, <laughs> you talk about some easy shit. <laughs> Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, and the 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 one thing I wanted to mention, too, is that I thought was really funny is when you were, when you're talking about what you don't know, you know, that there's this other business world out there. When you went to San Antonio, I think, for the first time, and the doorman rang, rang the bell <laughs> about pizza. with pizza. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like that, but it's seriously, it's such a good example. So yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll yeah. tell the story real quick on that. So I, I, I'm in San Antonio. I just moved there with out of Dayton. There, back got back with my mother, and I had befriended this kid in the neighborhood. And uh, I'm at his house, and his mother says, "Do you guys want some pizza?" And I'm like, "Hell yeah, I want some pizza, of course." And she said, okay, I'll order it. Well, I didn't really pay attention. I didn't know what that meant. And so then the doorbell rings. And his mom says, hey, Javon, can you answer the door? Okay. So I go open the door, and there's this guy standing there with two pizzas and, and, a, and a bag in his hand. I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. And, I, you know, we're, like, locked eyes. I'm like, <laughs> what do you want? And, and he goes, I have your pizza. And I, I'm dumbfounded. So I look back and I yell for my, my friend's mother. And she she comes to the door and I'm, I'm watching the exchange. She gives him money. He hands the pizzas and thank you. Thank you. Okay. And it walks. So I follow her to the kitchen and I'm watching. And um, she says, you know, Javon, do you, what, what would you like to drink? I'm like, holy shit, we're getting pizza and soda. This is a great day. And so I look and I go, why did they bring the pizza to us? And uh, my friend, his brother, my, they kind of chuckle, like, blow it off. And I know, no, seriously, how, how did they bring the pizza? Why, why, how did all that just happen? And she said, well, we, we ordered it, and they, they delivered it. And go, we didn't have to go get it? And they go, no, they bring it to us. Long story short, this was my first introduction to pizza delivery. I didn't know that people brought pizza to your house. So, man, I, I said, I'll be right back. And I'm like, where are you going? I said, I, I got to go tell my mom. I tear ass down the street. I bust in the house. I'm like, mom, mom, you're going to believe this. You can order pizza and they'll bring it to your house. And, and you would have thought that I had just discovered the wheel, fire. <laughs> what, and, and she kind of laughs at me. I guess she already knew of this great discovery. And, and, <laughs> and so she just lets me have my moment. And, but, but yeah, it, it's, it's that simplistic that right. if you don't know, you don't know. And, right. and I transferred that back with the, the youth that, that I mentored, that, you know, the, the, the troubled youth who are transitioning back into society. I brought them all to, when I was at uh, Headspring, I brought them all to the office on one Saturday, and I wanted them to see what an office looked like. You know, we had these two massive drop-down screens in this big, uh, you know, conference room where where we would host different things. Uh, We had our own uh, soda cooler in in there where it had all the, the cans of sodas and everything like that. And so I wanted them to see that because I realized most of these kids will never see this. Mm-hmm. And, and most of those kids were 15, 16, 17 years old. This was their first time in 
an actual office space. And it was mind blowing to me that it was so simplistic that I thought that they would take away, their takeaway would be, oh man, these two drop down screens and we got to play Madden on the screens. You know, Mr. McCormick brought in pizza, we got soda and they loved all those things. But the number one takeaway, there was probably 19 kids that, that were there. The number one takeaway from these kids was they loved the restrooms, how clean they were, the wooden doors on the, on the stalls. That was their number one really? takeaway. And, and it blew me away on how simplistic that if you don't know or you've not seen something, that's, that's the, the level of, of simplicity. And so I, I have this immense amount of, of responsibility that I feel that, that's on my shoulders to give back to the community of which I came from. And it's not to give back and go write a check. It's to let people know, hey, guess what? No one told us about this shit. There's a fourth option. You can get out of here. It's called business. And it's lucrative. So, you know, that's, that's the responsibility that I, that I feel that I have back to the, the, the community of which I come from. Not, not black, not white, not Latino. The low economic community. Mm. Because, and I got to say this, when you say welfare in our country, most people immediately go to minorities. Mm -hmm. they, they immediately think uh, black, Latino. There's more white people in welfare than there are minorities. And most people don't know that. So when I speak about low economic communities, I'm not talking white. I'm not talking black. I'm not talking Latino. I'm talking broke. Broke does not have a color. Blo broke is not racist. Broke is fucking broke. <laughs> it doesn't care. No, it doesn't. Man, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, final, final words. I got to head off to work here. Give us some final hustle. Oh, man. It's I, been great. I will, I'll, I'll quote my little girl. The, the hustle is real. And so when, when I say that, I'll, I'll leave people with this. It's, it's not a, a BS uh, inspirational speech. If you work for anything, anything you want to do, anything you want to accomplish, there's going to be great sacrifice with it. It's going to be hard at times. It's going to suck at times. But we all have the same 24 hours. How do you want to utilize them? There are times where in a 24-hour day, I utilize 20 of those hours and I only sleep four. You just have to make the decision. You have to make the choice. What do you want to do? In, the day, in this day and age of the, the internet, and the information that's available to us, you truly can achieve anything you want in, in this country. It's the greatest country in the world, regardless of who's president. It's still the greatest country in the world, and it still provides the most opportunity for anyone to achieve success. And, and I, I'm going to sound like a bad 2 o'clock in the morning infomercial when I say this, but if my ass can achieve success, anyone can achieve success. Awesome. Beautiful. Well, I'm glad we did a second one. Alex, man, <laughs> I love it. I, I would do three, four, and five with you yeah. if you'd have me. So, no, this was great. I appreciate it. Okay, cool, JT. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Hey, that was JT. I hope you guys enjoyed that show with the man, Mr. JT McCormick. Hey, I got some coming up about sobriety, about alcohol, booze. 
boozy booze booze the juice i got one coming up with my buddy will who's been sober for about 18 months i'm in about six weeks right now uh with one slip up um but just talking about all of that with our lives um tons of cool stuff coming up as always you can find me at alexstar.com email alexalexstar.com facebook instagram all that kind of stuff hope you all are having a beautiful week a beautiful fall coming up here Uh, Much love. I will see you guys soon in one week on the next show.